Are you ready to listen to a podcast? Upskills. Upskills. Masterclass. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading the 10th episode of the Upskilled Masterclass. My name is Ralph Tucker. Today, we'll be continuing our five-part series on small business. It's often said that small business is the backbone of the Australian economy, with some statistics suggesting close to half the workforce in this country are employed in small business. This series of episodes is designed to focus on the subject areas associated with upskilled Certificate 4 in small business. The whole course is a little too broad to be covered in one conversation, so we've decided to break it down into five key areas. Legal requirements for starting and running a small business, the importance of planning, keeping track of your finances, building a winning team, marketing your business and finding and keeping your customers. To discuss these areas in greater detail, we'll be talking with one of Upskilled's trainers, Keith Mockford. Keith, welcome back to the Upskilled Masterclass. I enjoyed the last one. I'm looking forward to this one as well. Uh, we covered off last time when we were speaking about the legal requirements for starting or running a small business. Today, as I mentioned, we'll be talking about the importance of planning. There's an old saying that goes, fail to plan and you plan to fail. In your experiences, Keith, does that certainly apply to setting up and, and running your own small business? I, I reckon that's a great saying, actually, and fail to plan and you do actually uh, plan to fail. It's one of those things, you know, that effective business planning really is the key uh, to your success. Uh, a business plan, especially a business plan, can help you secure your finance, prioritise your efforts and basically you know, a lot of, uh, evaluate your own opportunities. A lot of the old school sort of textbooks talk a lot about planning on, on so many different levels, uh, strategic planning, management planning, operational planning. These kind of principles, do they apply to big business as well as small business? It really doesn't matter really whether you're a hobby uh, business or whether you're a micro business, a home-based business, uh, a business that is just growing or even a proprietary limited multinational business. Business profile and business planning comes into all sectors and, you know, there are no rules about what you should plan or what you should cover, uh, cover as far as the level of detail is concerned, but in general, plans need to include you know, the basic business profile. If you're starting off a business, then really you want a vision, don't you? You want a vision of where you're going, so you need a vision statement. You need a mission statement. You need to set out goals. You need to do the research and your planning for your market research. How are you going to operate your plan? How are you going to operate your business? So you need operational strategic planning, your products and service. How are you going to get it from the manufacturer to your customer? And how are you going to market that? And the most important one of all, of course, is your financial strategy, your financial planning as well. So really when you start looking at business planning, you may need help to do this, but in, in, in essence what you've got to be looking at is ensure that you have sufficient time to get that planning up and ready to rock and roll before you actually start your business and then review that plan as and when that's necessary. It may be every six months, it might be every three months, it might be once a year, but you do need to look at your planning. And it's one of those things that is always ongoing. You work closely with a lot of small businesses. Correct, yeah. Can you um, take us through a few of the steps that you might go through with a business owner that will help them run their business more effectively? Well, when someone comes in and they say, look, I've got an idea of running a business, it depends really whether it's a, a business or a hobby. And, and the first thing you know that we've got to establish is is where is that business at, at that particular point in time? And I guess 
you know, it really affects your tax deduction. So if you're a business and you want to earn money, then you can obviously start claiming for deductions. And if you're claiming for deductions on your expenses, then you generally need an Australian business number, an ABN. That's at that point when the hobby then turns to a commercial operation. So from there, it's guess it's really a, you know where to from here. Well, you need to be flexible to obviously identify what you know that entrepreneurial mindset is of yours. You need to be self-motivated. And you need to recognise obviously the opportunities and go after them when they when they arise. You obviously need to be able to plan ahead and be prepared to put the actual constant effort in. It's like the old dumb beetle, you know, continuing turning that that you know rolling it over and pushing it forward. But you also need to deal with the uncertainties. You don't want an elephant suddenly coming out of the bush and squashing the car. It's one of those things that you've got to constantly be looking at, updating and reviewing the whole time. So planning for your business should be obviously, you know, what uh, what type of structure that you're going to use, um, and that's another weird uh, point that we actually look into. Um, obviously, some businesses are coming in looking, going straight into franchising, and when they come into franchising, I'll be saying, well, look, first of all, you need to make sure you, you undertake your due diligence, you need to do your disclosure, and what is the dispute resolution all about, how are you going to overcome that? If you're buying a business, then obviously you need to make sure that you've looked at all the disadvantages as well as the advantages of starting your own business or buying a business or indeed whether you're a uh, partnership or a sole trader. A partnership, of course, can take up to two people or up to uh, just over 20. And um, obviously that depends on on the type of uh, business that you're uh, running. I imagine growth in business, it sounds like a very positive thing, but if you haven't planned for that, it may also be very, very stressful. And that's why the business plan comes into its own effect. It is really a helicopter view of, of your business. It's a framework that you can use as a checklist. In other words, having all those things in your mind, you need to get down onto paper. So it objectively gives you the resource planning and it actually reduces your your risk. It's, it will also enable you to do some capital raising as well once you've got that plan in, in place. It gives you the insight and alternatives of where you can go. And it also gives you guidance on a, on a monitoring basis. And more importantly, it actually is a commitment test. If you, you know, a lot of people go in with the, uh, with a passion and, and excitement of starting their own business, but that can soon dissipate. Unless you're really committed, then writing the business plan gives you that commitment test. And I guess, you know, when you say about business planning and identifying, you know, who's going to read it and what's it for, well, those strategies are really quite evident because you need to be able to have it in a way that, you know, it gives that um, overall uh, statement of purpose. It gives you that executive summary of, of, of what your plan is about in business. Um, it gives you uh, an industry analysis of, of, of the overall business uh, profile of who you are, your products and your service. Uh, identifies the, the marketing analysis and your operational strategies. And again, we come back to that financial strategy. We always come back to that finance, and that is the number one. We may talk about it in the last point, dot point, but it's always the first dot point. And you can always identify a business, especially if you're buying one, by the financials. And you look at the financials very carefully to see whether a business is good, bad, or otherwise. Yeah, speaking of finances, what are your thoughts on borrowing to support growth? I mean, I guess it sort of raises that whole question of, of debt and paying back business debt 
I'd imagine you would have seen quite a few examples of, of that over your time. Uh, do you have anything that you could share with us there? Yeah, look, there's, look, there's, there's good debt and, and there's bad debt. And I guess it really understanding um, the difference between the two, and more importantly than that, is the cost of actually running a, uh, a business, the cost of money. I mean, debt for many people today is simply a fact of life. Um, you know, it's a way that you just pay for everything, um, especially the big ticket items. But if you're investing your business um, and you're buying capital equipment, at the moment there are obviously capital equipment tax return on your debt of up to 20% that can be immediately written off. But good debt or bad debt is one of the things that you need to understand. And the definition about debt sounds neither good nor bad. But really good debt is, and I guess there's no better example of, you know, it takes money to make money. And, and that is an old adage, but it's, it's a good, it, that is a good debt. Good debt helps you generate income, increases your net worth. Um, and I guess, you know, uh, bad debt is one of those things that uh, you're looking at when, you know, while there's even good debt, the downside of that, that certain debts can be a downright bad debt. Items that fit within that category could include, you know, depreciation assets. Uh, I guess a bad debt would be if you're going out and buying a brand new car uh, and you're actually paying for that um, by a loan, then you not only got the depreciation value of the car, we know that that drops very, very quickly within five to ten years from 30000 maybe down to 5000 but you've also got the cost of that debt in, in running that vehicle. So cars are very expensive, new cars in particular, they cost a lot of money, and while you need to get a vehicle from you know the old A to B, the cost of running that vehicle is obviously, in many respects, a waste of money, a bad debt. It's not going to increase your value of your business, and it's not going to make you money. It's going to cost you. So there is good debt and bad debt, and then understanding the two is very, very important. How important is having an exit strategy for a business? I mean, obviously, when you're looking to set something up, you're not necessarily focused on the end goal, but how does that fall in line with your overall planning? Session planning, uh, as it's known, is one of those things that eventually you will you know, close the business down, sell it as a going concern or transfer it into a family or a staff member or, you know, you you will be passing that on. But when a client comes into the office and says, look, I'm starting or thinking about, you know, a new business, um, starting up a new business, that is the day that you actually start thinking about exiting that business. And that might sound a bit strange that you haven't actually started the business up and you're already thinking about closing it down. But building a business is building an asset, and sooner or later you will want to sell that asset. It may well be that somebody could actually walk through that front door and offer you a cheque or a sum of money for that business. And so you want to ensure that everything is in place, the due diligence. You need to make sure that your business obligations uh, in regards to your tax, the registration, employees, lease agreements, the business structure are all in order. If you're selling a franchise, obviously, the negotiation of the sale would be slightly different. But succession planning itself and closing or transferring the business is very, very important and should be something at some time um, you will need to obviously think about and sooner rather than later. You know, at some stage you will, uh, you know, decide to leave your business and, you know, 
perhaps you have decided to, you know, sell it to retire or do something else. But regardless of the reason, having that succession or exit plan in place will simply, you know, help you to make that smoother transition out of your business. And the sooner you can start that succession planning and years ahead of time, it gives you time to build that business and get the best dollar for that particular business. Succession planning, Ralph, is one of those really important points, and I, I cannot stress that enough. Just on that, what are buyers of business looking for in terms of value when they're looking at a business? You know, when you're looking at buying a business, the first thing that you've got to look at is probably, you know, who is actually selling it. So again, it gets back to the finance. You want to have at least a look at that person's or individual's um, own tax returns for the past three years. You want to see a full set of uh, accounts for the last three years. So they're the two areas that will give you a good indication of how the business has been uh, running. You want to look at the due diligence of the business and just see whether if you're buying a business as a lease, um, is there, you know, what is remaining on the lease? Um, it could be that you buy a business, it's only got six months left, and the business can't be renewed. You know, would you want to buy this business knowing that you're going to lose the lease in six months? Probably not. So uh, you want to find out, you know, what else is involved in the business. Does it have a good reputation? Are you going to lose the staff once you sell or buy the business? Um, are there any apprentices or trainees on board? Because they also become part of the business um, sale as well. Um, is there sufficient funds to cover things like, uh, for example, you've got uh, long service leave? Is there a provision within the financial side of things to incur that, you know, you may have three or four people have been with the organisation for more than seven years and their long service leave could add up to, you know, fifty to a hundred thousand dollars in total. And if those funds aren't available, you could suddenly find that you've got to dig into your pocket to find that um, uh, funding for their long service leave. So there's a lot of reviews that you need to undertake, you know, once you've decided to make and buy that business and looking at it. And one would obviously uh, invoke the the professionals, uh, such as a lawyer and also an accountant, to review the actual uh, business um, plan itself of how that business has been operating. Speaking about that, how important is structure and having those plans in place so that your business can operate efficiently? Again, it comes back to the due diligence, doesn't it, really, of having you know, those, those objectives of what you're trying to do. I guess, you know, the financial objectives is one that I keep coming back to, you know, the personal net worth of somebody, you know, your personal expenditure. So, again, having those structures in place and having that due diligence in place so that people can actually look at, you know, where you are, what you're doing and having a transparent view of the business. And without the structure and without the documentation, it makes it very hard to identify the overall operational of that business. Structure uh, is a very important fact of running a business. And without it, um, you're running blind. When we think about planning, I guess planning for the future is also very important when you're running a business. So that involves training for staff and, and, and so forth. Is training a cost or an investment? There is a cost to training, there's no doubt about that. But the uh, investment side is is extremely important because the skill set of somebody, and we we work in a in a smart, clever country. 
And the smarter you are, the cleverer you become at doing business. And without having that necessary bottom line underpinning skill set, you will never move forward. So training is not just something that we undertake to improve ourselves. It is a lifelong learning curve. And training is one of those areas that uh, we, we should be doing, not only once we've finished our, our, our working life, but something going on into retirement. Learning new skills, learning, learning new hobbies. Um, it's one of those things that the more training uh, one can involve your staff, the better the staff feel in as much as that they're aware that the organisation is taking an interest in the individuals it is giving them a skill set for they may want to move on, um, but it will give you a good reputation. It keeps you on the ball. It keeps your eyes open. It brings in new skill sets. It allows you to develop your business in a professional way, but also on a worldwide stage. Having that intellectual um, property of intelligence with the staff certainly gives you the edge on your competitors. I'd imagine you do a lot of reading on the subject, Keith. Is there any particular books or websites that you'd recommend for people in regards to planning? Yeah, well, look, one particular book I think which is absolutely great, and I know that over a million copies have been sold and it's been around for donkey's years, but it's Michael E. Gerber's book, The E-Myth, uh, The E-Myth Revisited. And it's, you know, really about, you know, why small businesses don't work and what to do about it. It's a very simple, straightforward book. It takes you beyond your comfort zone. Um, it, it, it identifies your own business. It turns the key into a revolution, and it gives you that, that new view of, of business operations. Um, and it also gives you a, a different uh, directive as far as your management strategy is concerned. And I think it's, it's a great little book, great little read, and um, it's still around in many of the bookshops, and you can certainly get it online um, very, very easily. So if you are looking at thinking about you know, going into those uh, world of uh, being your own uh, entrepreneur. The E-Myth is a great little book. As far as websites are concerned, business.gov.au is a fantastic little website which allows you to develop uh, new business strategies, whether you're thinking about starting a business, growing a business, or exiting a business. It's got all the necessary information, especially if you're also looking at exporting and importing and something that one should seriously give consideration to now, especially as we have the uh, new free trade agreements um, with a number of countries that uh, came into being over the last six months, not to mention the new free trade agreement with America. So uh, there's um, two points, business.gov.au and the e-myth by Michael Lee Gerber. Great read. Keith, you've been very generous with your time again today, but before we wrap things up, uh, what are your make or break tips when it comes to planning? to planning and it's really a, a success strategy that I think you need to look at. First of all, you need to look at your, you know, your overall objectives of where your business is going. You then need to put in some strategies in regards to that planning and without those strategies, they're not going to happen. So what you need to do is obviously have some sort of implementation within a timeline. So having those objectives and strategies and then implementing them, obviously you then need to monitor how they go and record it. And then you need to go and then analyze that maybe every six months and then review the objectives. So it's a continuous circle of objectives, strategies, implementation, monitoring, and analyzing where you're going with your success. And that is the success strategy of running a business. 
Um, you know, it's like, um, you know, a couple of the cavemen with uh, looking at, uh, you know, the old dinosaur and, you know, don't ever think that you'll ever, you know, have complete control while one of them sort of got a spear on, 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 on the uh, on the dinosaur, you know, the other guy turns around and says, OK, I've got him. Now hit him with a rock. It ain't going to work. It, you need to be innovative and you need to be, you know, one step in front of the competition the whole time. Keith, you've given us some really great insights into the importance of planning. Thanks very much for that. In coming weeks, we'll chat about keeping track of your finances, building a winning team, marketing your business, and finding and keeping your customers. Thanks again for your time on the Upskilled Masterclass, Keith. It's been an absolute pleasure, Ralph, and I look forward to the next one coming up shortly. Thanks for taking the time out to listen today. If you've got any questions or feedback, please head to the website, upskilled.edu.au. Don't forget, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can also leave us a rating or review on iTunes, which would be greatly appreciated. And if you really enjoyed today's podcast with Upskilled trainer Keith Mogford, please tell a friend. I'm Ralph Tucker. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And we'll catch you next time on the Upskilled Masterclass. Upskilled. Upskilled. Masterclass.